You are listening to Mom's Mixed Family Blender Podcast. Hi, my name is Brenda Baker, and my husband and I have five sons. We have we are a mixed family, so we have the his, mine, and ours thing going on. And uh, I guess my biggest reason for this podcast is to encourage um, people that are mixed families, but also just people that have maybe uh, adopted children or um, they're a mixed family due to a death of a, of a previous spouse. All of these things can cause the same sorts of issues. So uh, you are listening to podcast number four, and this, the title of this one is, What If I'm Not the Fun Mom? Now, specifically, this has to do with um, a divorce situation where the the rate the the biological mother and the stepmother are both alive um and so but hopefully you'll be able to glean something out of this whole podcast so here we go well I, the biggest thing that i i think about this subject is that it's very easy um to when you're not the fun mom to have a bad attitude and to have harsh feelings toward the one that is the fun mom. In my situation, um, I came into my now husband's life um, when he had been divorced for a while, and um, <clears throat> and the kids when he would go to pick them up, one of the younger one would kick and scream and bite because he didn't want to go. Now, there's a story as to why. This child was told that my husband now, (laughs) he wasn't my husband at the time, but uh, this child was told that my husband was not his father from the time he was a very young, uh, young child. And so when my husband would go to pick him up, that is why he was reacting in that way. So I started realizing that this was really hard on my husband. And like I said, at the time, he was not my husband. He was just, I was just dating him. Um, And I started to realize that this was really difficult for him. And sometimes he would let the child stay because, you know, he decided that, you know, he didn't want to force him to go and then have him have, you know, be upset and all of that. Well, the child was three. (laughs) And so I kind of stepped in and said, hey, I have no problem uh, going to pick the the children up if you want me to um, and just get them for you. And so after a little while, my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, uh, he he said, well, you know, that would that would be good. And so I began to pick the, the kids up and let's just say I don't put up with uh, children that are throwing fits. <laughs> so I would tell the child to go get his coat or whatever and say goodbye to his mom and let's go. And it didn't matter if he threw a fit or kicked and screamed, cried. I would just tell him, you need to do what you were told. And I was firm with that. Now, I never did anything else, but I also wouldn't let him stay with his mom because in my mind, that was going to be the worst thing um, you know, for him and for our family and all of that. So anyways, soon after I started picking the, the children up, I became the step monster. Um, 
and that's what their mother dubbed me. Now, that was an interesting situation because at the time, I wasn't even married to their father yet. <laughs> but yet, I'm I'm the step monster. So, um, and, you know, that was kind of hard to deal with. Um, and what could I do about it? Nothing. I mean, you know, so you fast forward that and... Um, Honestly, I can say that this was just one example of things that the boys were told about me that were mean. Um, Now, I don't necessarily think that this woman was purposely trying to be mean. I think that she was very jealous of me, and I'm not real sure, you know, that she had a real high opinion of herself just because of a lot of the things that she did um, when I first came into the picture and thereafter, so, and since then even. So in September of 95, my husband, uh, we got married. And after that, I had two miscarriages. One was in February of 96, and the other one was in June. At that point, I quickly realized that I, you know, we had three other boys. We had three boys that were all, you know, being taken care of by other people. And I felt a real strong sense of of realizing that it was my job to take care of them Um, and that I didn't want them to grow up in a daycare. Now, they were in separate daycares. Um, My husband's two boys went to one, and um, mine, who became ours when my husband adopted him, uh, went to someone else, a friend. Um, But anyways, so in August of 96, I quit my job. Now, prior to quitting, um, it was me that their mother's daycare would call if the boys got sick. And so this was another reason that I was really passionate and decided that it was, I really needed to be at home with them so that if they were sick, they could be at home, you know? Um, So anyways, to be honest and truthful in this whole thing, uh, prior to deciding to quit my job, I had never planned to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, that wasn't something that I ever felt like I would be good at. And I don't really, at the time, I didn't even really know what to do with kids. So the idea of me just deciding to be a stay-at-home mom, which my husband um, completely and utterly supported and has done everything he had to do to keep me at home, um, and I'm actually going on 22 years of, of not working, <laughs> um, uh, this August. So that's interesting. Um, but anyways, the first six months was so, so hard, uh, because by that point, the all of the cleaning was done. What should I do now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and I was pregnant again. So I had all of these things going on, didn't know what to do with children. And, and, and at this point, I'm like, um, I think I was probably two or three months pregnant. So I was throwing up and <laughs> really sick. Um, so long story short, money was extremely tight because we live, we live in Montana. And even at that time, in 96, it was very hard to uh, live on one income, but we figured it out. Um, and 
But like I said, we, we lived on one income. We had a very large child support payment, which actually was much larger than we really legally should have had to pay. But um, due to some, well, I'm not even going to go there. But anyways, uh, we also were paying for the boys' school. And, um, and soon we were going to be having uh, a second child to add to our household. So we would, we would end up with four kids. So like I said, we didn't have much money. Now, one of the issues that I had was that I would see the boys' mom be able, be able to be completely carefree. She would call me at any time whenever she felt like it and ask me to keep the boys. Um, she would parade herself around in her cutesy little outfits. Um, and it was, it was just very, very interesting and hard in so many ways. Um, to me, it seemed as though she had unlimited money to spend on them at Christmas time, on their birthdays. She would have these amazing birthday parties for them um, at Easter and so on and so forth. And yet, here my husband and I were. <laughs> we had the boys most of the time. We paid for their school. We paid her glorified alimony, as I call it. Um, we paid for their clothes uh, not only at our house, but at hers, because a lot of the times they would come over in the dead of winter and not even have a heavy coat, um, you know, and things like that. And then we would watch her just do fun things with the kids. Um, so that created some bitterness. And um, I'm still working through that today, to be honest. Um, there's There's been a lot of situations where... I've been put in positions where I feel like <laughs> uh, I'm not recognized for all the things that I did do. Um, I'm only recognized and remembered for things that I did wrong or that I, you know, that they didn't like. So, you know, it was me that taught them to work and it was me that helped them with homework. And, you know... <laughs> I guess I have another story about this whole situation. Um, the second son has had some learning dis, dis, difficulties. Um, his learning difficulties were ex very, very similar to the ones that I had had. And so, honestly, I would sit at that table with that kid for hours, trying to help him to sound out things, trying to help him, you know, <laughs> read and this is this is all while I'm early, early 20s. I didn't even really know how to read very good. I mean, you know, kindergarten age group in first grade, you know, I was okay, but I, you know, <laughs> it's just so interesting to think back on all of that because it was me, basically, who's the reason that that kid can read. Um, but yet he's the one that, you know, <laughs> has the hardest time with me. So so this is a very common problem and I and I've seen this happen um many many times with other people. Um I would say that the majority of the time it's the biological mother that experiences this and the the stepmother is the one that is the fun parent. 
Um, But any way you slice it, when you're the parent that's doing the things to raise up these kids, it can be very, very hard and, and really painful to, to, you know, to have the kids gravitate toward the parent that's easier. And if you're a parent um, and you tend to do this with the kids, um, please stop. <laughs> it's, it's so harmful to the kids because what the kids learn is that they can run to you every time they don't like something that the other parent does. Whether it's a step-parent or not, that's what you're teaching them. And honestly, in my opinion, this is something that has, has furthered the issues in, in this country. So just think about that when you are choosing to be the easy parent. You know, yeah, it would be nice to be the easy parent and the fun parent, but the reality is in order to raise children, you have to be purposeful. You have to know what you're doing. Um, and even if you don't know what you're doing, you have to at least have reasons and goals and, um, and a different perspective in order to raise healthy adults that can function in this world. Um, <clears throat> So this brings up another story. Um, my mom, uh, her mother was very sick. And so when my mom was eight years old and her brother was 10, I believe, and her sister was three, their mother passed away. Um, <clears throat> and it was several years later. Um, and my, my grandpa had... Um, a lot of parent-teacher conferences with one of his children's teachers. Well, <laughs> it was kind of funny, um, but they ended up getting married. And this woman, whom he married, had two children, and her husband had been shot down in the world in uh, World War II, I believe it was. Um, and so her children didn't have a father either. And so they were a blended family because both of their spouses had passed away. Um, and, you know, my grandma, the one that I knew as my grandma, she was an amazing woman because she was just, you know, she had five kids, you know, because my, my grandpa had three kids and she had two. So together they had five. And um, she just loved on those, you know, those kids. And obviously I didn't know her until I was, you know, my, my, my mom and her siblings were all grown. Um, but she just cared about the kids and, and things like that. And she loved someone else's kids as her own when she didn't have to. And so I always really appreciated that about her because um, when I had my own child, I realized how hard it was sometimes to love my own child that came from my own body. <laughs> and then oddly enough, um, let's see, two years later, <laughs> I, I'm involved with a man who has, who has children. So, and I was divorced and, and he was divorced and stuff. So anyways, it, it's just interesting how life comes full circle sometimes. Um, but anyways, so even though my grandma did everything she could, there, there was a kid in my mom's family who had an issue with the stepmom. And let me just pause here for a moment and say that if you are a stepkid or an adopted kid, it's not easy to parent you. It is not 
uh, <laughs> cut and dry. Um, and I say this from having my own children that came from me. Parenting um, my husband's kids has been a lot harder. Um, a lot because of their mom and because of things that she said and did to undermine my authority. But also, I don't have any genes in those kids. So it's, it's a lot harder to raise somebody when you don't fully understand where they're coming from. So give your parents some grace. Actually, give them a whole bucket of grace because they need it. Um, it might seem cut, cut and dry to you, but it absolutely isn't. Now, if, if you're my second oldest and you're listening to this, I say to you, son, I love you. Even though you've been an absolute jerk and you have said and done some very wrong things, I still love you, regardless of what you think. So my point in all of this is to remind you that at the end of the day, you step-parents need to make sure you have no regrets. Sure, there will be things that you make mistakes on, but do what you feel you should. Make apologies when you, when you have done wrong things and when they're needed. Love those kids always and set very healthy boundaries with them as they get older and even into adult years. I've found that the adult years, honestly, have been more difficult than the kid years because I have to let them fly and do their own thing. Um, and it, it just can be a lot more challenging to know and to learn how to, you know, just let them go. Um, and they haven't all been bad things. It's just, you know, it's, it's been more difficult. So anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say in all of this is that, um, like I said, if you're a stepkid um, or adopted kid, just please give your parent grace. They're trying. Um, and if you're a stepparent or an adopted parent, just please <laughs> um, love those kids. Do everything you can to show them love in every way that you can. I'm not saying buying them things because that does not work. <laughs> um, so anyways, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact me at momsmixedfamilyblender.com. If this episode has added value to your life, please share it with somebody that you know. And as I always say, do your best. Bye.